Welcome to a new edition of the Scout with Brian podcast. I apologize that it's been a while, but I appreciate all you guys who have checked out the episode so far. Uh, we have almost 6,000 total listens, which is pretty awesome uh, for the amount that I've put out so far. Uh, a reminder, too, you know, if you're a newer follower, or newer to my work, uh, all those episodes obviously uh, are up wherever you listen to podcasts, and I think you'd really enjoy checking them out. Um, and a lot of them are pretty long uh, interviews with a lot of really good basketball people, and I think they're they're pretty timeless. Um, so you can really, you know, check them out at your own leisure, but there's interviews with, uh, you know, the amazing Fran Fraschilla, Coach David Thorpe, uh, Jeff Goodman, uh, Ian Begley, uh, an NBA advanced scout, uh, Pete Pranica, one of the best announcers in the NBA, Jason Jones, one of the best beat writers in the NBA, uh, tried to really, uh, you know, give you guys a feel for, you know, a lot of the different uh, jobs and responsibilities uh, around the league. There's uh, Tim Kirkjian talking about basketball was a really, really fun episode. So, uh, I think, you know, check out uh, the older ones for sure. I, I think they don't really have any uh, exact time on them when you have to listen by. So check those out whenever. But uh, Happy New Year to you all. Appreciate everybody's uh, continued support. Uh, glad to be back on here. Try to go uh, less than a couple months in between episodes. Uh, the next time, just get bogged down by trying to churn out a lot of constant video contact and tweet content, excuse me, and uh, tweets and all that good stuff, keep up with the game, um, but I will try to get back on a little more regular uh, podcast schedule, because I know a lot of you guys have enjoyed this as well, um, but for today's episode, I somebody gave me the idea actually a while ago, probably three, four months ago, uh, to do basically a, a basketball IQ podcast. The question was uh, pretty much you know, how do I increase my basketball IQ? How do I learn more about the game as a up-and-coming, you know, coach, writer, manager, student, fan, player, you know, whatever it is. Uh, a lot of people obviously want to find a way to, to learn more about the game and understand it, you know, at a higher level and be able to kind of break down the film, you know, the way I do, the way coaches do, um, see it the way players do. So, yeah, I thought that'd be pretty fun to kind of dive into for, for a podcast. And, uh, you know, let, let's jump right into it. I'll, I'll give you guys some of my my best practices and ideas. And, uh, you know, if you enjoyed it, you can hopefully spread the word, tell some other coaches, some other players, um, you know, send me any questions on, on Twitter and Patreon and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, first and foremost, uh, books, obviously, if anybody remembers what what those are um a lot of them can be pretty valuable uh to you really learning the game i posted uh around the holidays a little uh stocking stuffer idea of, of my favorite basketball books in case you missed that just real quick uh nba coaches playbook i i, I deserve royalties for that book because i've probably sold more copies than anybody uh for them on amazon literally just type that in nba coaches playbook i think it's by basketball coaches association or something um but it, it literally just has like 20 something chapters all written by a different coach it has examples of of scouting reports in there has examples of um you know pre-game boards uh it's analytical breakdowns 
uh, strategy meetings, you know, you name it, basically it's, there's a little snippet of it in there. So it's, you know, not gonna, there's nothing earth shattering. It's not gonna, you know, teach you the game in, in one read, but it will give you a really solid foundation and, you know, an appreciation for kind of, uh, you know, some of the terminology and, and what NBA coaches look into and how they prepare and, and, you know, all that good stuff. So that, that's an amazing read. Uh, you know, books that, that give you a feel for, uh, different periods of time and really just the feel of a locker room and, and a coaching staff and the rhythms of a game, you know, that part's so important. Um, you know, I, I know analytics are important. I know we have a whole bunch of numbers that we try to always compare players across generations and so on and so forth. But like, you know, the video I tweeted out today of Eric Spolstra basically talking about, you know, how Jimmy Butler is so valuable even when he's not making shots, even when his his stats aren't that good. You know, it's because of his his impact on winning, um, how he just consistently makes winning plays. And if we can get analytics, you know, that, that measure that, and some of them do, you know, in terms of, of plus minus and, and stats that still capture the positive impact the guy has on the floor, uh, great, you know, but um, I, I think, you know, you, you have to really understand that the game ultimately is is a lot of intangibles. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of heart, a lot of chemistry, a lot of uh, of grit and togetherness and all those things, you know, that, that don't really show up on a stat sheet are, are heavily, heavily involved in basketball. So Seven Seconds or Less by Jack McCallum with Mike D'Antoni and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, David Halberstam, one of the best authors of all time, wrote Breaks of the Game and Playing for Keeps, two phenomenal basketball books. Again, Breaks of the Game. Playing for Keeps by David Halberstam, who coincidentally also wrote maybe my favorite book on coaching, um, The Education of a Coach, kind of a bio type on Bill Belichick, uh, is a really, really good read, no matter, you know, what you think of the Patriots, what you think of him, um, you know, bend, bends the rules a little bit sometimes for sure, but undoubtedly, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest, uh, and that book is a really, really interesting look at, at just all his philosophies on, on team and on, uh, you know, on media, on how to, how to talk to the media, how to, you know, how to set expectations, how to, uh, you know, get a team to play together, play hard, motivate, you know, all those things. It's a phenomenal book. Um, Art of a Beautiful Game by Chris Ballard, uh, Sports Illustrated. Really, really good read. You know, a reminder, I've, I've said... Before, I'll say again, basketball's art. It's not science. It's not math. It's jazz. It's art. Uh, and Chris Ballard does a really good job. Again, I, I haven't read it in a while, but I, I'm pretty sure that one is another where it just kind of, you know, takes uh, little snippets around the history of the league, around some of the, the all-time greats, uh, you know, some really good storytelling, some really good, um, you know, just anecdotes and, and quotes and you know, things from different guys who played with different players and, and just really, really good stuff uh, by Chris Ballard. Uh, analytics, yeah, Basketball on Paper by Dean Oliver obviously is kind of the uh, essential analytics read when it comes to basketball, um, and I, I have read that, and it's good. I would definitely recommend reading that, you know, to at least give yourself, even if, you know, like me, you're more of an eye test person, Um you know, or if you don't have any foundation in analytics, I think that uh, that book is a you know a great starting point. 
um, you know, talking about the four factors and kind of uh, the things that correlate, you know, or at least did at the time correlate most with winning. Um, and Dean is, you know, a, a really good analytical mind and, and now an assistant coach uh, for the Washington Wizards, coincidentally. Um, so, you know, I think that's definitely the the most important uh, numbers book uh, for basketball. So analytics, you know, I think it's important to have a foundation in, but not be the foundation, if that makes sense. So I, I think, uh, you know, we do have way too many people on Twitter who kind of do that inside out, who who started, you know, with the analytics and, and just kind of, uh, you know, are, are in that Goldsberry school of uh, mid-range is dead, post-ups are dead, points per shot, efficiency, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, just, just standardized thinking um, about all that stuff. And, and to me, I think those guys miss a lot of the context. Um, you know, if you're getting your knowledge just from some blue check guy who, you know, has done nothing in basketball except write a blog, um, you know, I, I don't think you're really learning the ins and outs of the game. And, and when I say, again, when I say blog, I, I'm not dissing, uh, you know, Zach Lowe and, and um, you know, Kirk Heelan, so with some of the best basketball writers that maybe did start out writing blogs, you know, there, there's some of them that have, have done a really good job and, and use numbers, of course, in their work and in in their analysis, but uh, but still know how to watch the film, still talk to coaches, talk to players, and integrate it all as part of the picture. I'm talking more about, you know, guys that just will, uh, you know, tweet out shot charts and, and make uh you know kind of grand statements and uh you know just kind of view the game only through through that lens and and thinks it gives them uh qualifications to talk crap about you know NBA head coaches or or players and tell them how they should be doing the job you know that those people don't truthfully um you know know what you're talking about just because you are an SB Nation uh site manager whatever the heck they call it nowadays so watch a game with a coach that's that's my recommendation that's that's a great basketball iq suggestion uh any level could be high school ball college ball women's ball uh the g league you know don't dive too deep into the woods because you know there's certainly some aau coaches that 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 give the the good ones a bad name um but you know even if it's middle school level uh you know, you should have a foundation where, you know, you know the three-man weave, you know the fundamentals of defense, you know the shell drill, uh, you know, you just know the basics of the game, the fundamentals of the game, the the simple strategy, the simple X's and O's, the, you know, the technique. Um, make sure, you know, again, watch a game with those people, see what they see, you know, have an open mind, understand situations where the analytics aren't the end-all be-all, you know, where some of the narratives can be wrong, uh, where some of the coaches, you know, can know better than, than you know, hashtag NBA Twitter and, and those, you know, mainstream analysts. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good basketball minds out there, really all over the world, uh, all different levels. You know, you talk to NBA coaches and they'll tell you that, you know, they'll, they'll, they're humble and they, they'll say that, you know, there's high school coaches. I think Brett Brown, you know, will say this a lot. Like high school coaches, middle school coaches that that know more than me, that know more than he does. Um, you know, and and he just happened to 
be in a, a good situation and, you know, get get be in the right place at the right time and, and get the opportunity to coach in the NBA. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's pretty obvious that there's, uh, you know, the guys that are training a whole bunch of NBA players and coaching a whole bunch of NBA players in, in high school and, and so on are are phenomenal coaches themselves. And I know a lot of you guys that listen to this are phenomenal coaches yourselves. And I, I appreciate that for sure. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, I, I hope more college kids and early 20 somethings will, will take the opportunity to, to pick your brains. Um, because I know there's, there's a whole lot of knowledge in there. Um, and, uh, they could certainly learn something from it. Uh, other resources, the basketball dictionary blog by Dylan Murphy. You just type in uh, on Google. It's a medium blog. Uh, uh, just type in basketball dictionary, and I'm sure that'll come up. Dylan Murphy again. Uh, I think uh, pretty sure he's with the Orlando Magic or uh, maybe another team. But uh, good basketball mind, good basketball coach. Uh, has a whole dictionary basically of basketball terminology that's available uh, for free on the internet um, with video examples with really in-depth uh, explanations for for each term I would definitely recommend checking that out I learn a lot from it you know I, I learned some terminology that was a little different from uh, the coaches and the teams that I was with in the NBA you know everybody obviously sometimes has slightly different terms uh, for the same things so I, I would definitely check out Dylan's resource uh, film, you know, watch games, but but know how to watch the games. So, what I mean by that is, you know, I, I've I've said something like this before, but uh, you know, I I know sometimes people jab at the analytics guys and say, you know, watch the games, and then they'll they'll write back, oh, I watch every single game my team plays, um, you know, which is is fair, and the jab certainly is is sometimes unfounded, and I know a lot of those guys do watch the games, um, but. You know, my doubt sometimes is if they uh, have put in enough work to, to really know what they're watching. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I could watch a, a doctor perform uh, 100 open heart surgeries, but that doesn't mean I'm ready to be a surgeon. You know, it doesn't mean if I'm just watching it on a screen, uh, you know, even with some commentating that's sometimes accurate, sometimes complete nonsense, uh, you know, that I, I really know you know, what's actually going on in there. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, at least the mainstream analytics people certainly love basketball and will watch a lot of basketball. But, you know, it, you have to remember uh, what has, you know, what was their education into the game? Who did they learn the game from? Uh, what did they, you know, who did they study? Uh, what coaches did they talk to? What players did they talk to? If the answer is basically nobody and they just, you know, sit at home just watching a whole bunch of games, truthfully, it's it's really, really hard to learn just that way. So, you know, watch the games, but, but learn how to know what you're watching. I think my videos on YouTube help a lot with that. You know, the Scout with Brian YouTube channel has over 100 free uh, videos dating back to all last season that, um, you know, talk about what makes uh, the stars of the league so good. Uh, the main Fave Five series, the main offensive plays by all the uh, a bunch of the teams in the league. Uh, what happened? What went wrong with certain teams? Uh, deep dives into historical greats. Kobe just put out Manu Ginobili. Uh, 
Harden, you know, breakdown in depth. Uh, Giannis, Zion, draft reports. I mean, it, you can find pretty much something for everybody on my YouTube channel. Um, and if that's even not enough, and if you've watched a bunch of those and want an even deeper dive, uh, I would definitely encourage you to check out my Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash scoutwithbrian. Um, you know, I, I, first of all, you get 11 bonus videos instantly just for, just for signing up. Um, there's deep dives on there, what makes Joel Embiid so good, what makes Carl Anthony Towns so good. There's an NBA terminology breakdown on pick and rolls. There's J.J. Redick uh, pin-down shooting 15-minute film study for any kind of pin-down shooter or coaches that want to, you know, instruct shooters coming off screens that I think you'd find really, really helpful. Uh, again, there's like 11 videos that are all over 10 minutes uh, with a whole lot more content you know, to come out throughout the year. Uh, and again, on Patreon, you can even subscribe for, for $2 a month and you still unlock all that. Um, and I, I plug the Patreon again just because that is, uh, you know, that that's my income. That's how I keep the lights on and, and pay the rent. And I, I really appreciate the 350 or 370, whatever the exact number at, is at now uh, of you guys who've subscribed on there. But if you haven't, if you can, again, just take literally takes one minute uh, to sign up, you know, you can see the tiers on there. There's somewhere you get uh, some extra benefits, but uh, you get, you know, access to our private Slack channel. You get uh, a weekly private chat. Um, you get, uh, you know, just a whole bunch more content. My top 110 player rankings in the league, my predicted standings, a whole bunch more to come. Again, patreon.com slash Brian. Uh, if you've enjoyed my takes for a while, I just, you know, really appreciate you guys helping to keep it going, uh, help it keep going by supporting on there. Uh, because again, I'm, I'm fully independent. I'm not with, with any site. Um, I'm, you know, doing this on my own, which I think allows me the ability to, to keep it realer and, and to cover, uh, you know, a lot of topics that, that don't get a lot of publicity and, and do videos on guys like Patrick Beverly and Chris Dunn. Um, you know, that the mainstream media can't really spend time on because for them, uh, clicks are what drive revenue. Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of led to a, a hot take culture where a lot of guys say things they don't really believe and, you know, just try to put out the most ridiculous takes to because that's what generates discussion. It's what generates clicks. Um, so my goal and what I've done so far and tried to be authentic to uh, is that you know, everything I say, I really believe. You certainly don't have to agree with all of it. Uh, I know some of it can be a little combative and, and fiery and, and, you know, controversial occasionally, at least to kind of the mainstream Twitter school of thinking. But uh, I've said before, and I'll say again, I think my line of thinking is, is much more in line with, with coaches and, and players and, uh, you know, people actually in the league. And I, I know, you know, I've had a lot of people in the league uh, validate things like that and you know people in the league who follow and players who follow and mainstream journalists who follow um and you know i i appreciate uh all those people's support uh and i think you know and i've said too i think my twitter followers my my fans are are kind of a, a smarter breed you know than uh a lot of the kind of blog boy culture that's that's on twitter that just talk shit about players and coaches constantly and trolls and, and just does a you know a bunch of nasty things in my opinion 
I'm trying to, you know, kind of do away with that a little more and, and stick it to a, a higher level of discourse. So, again, I, uh, I really appreciate those of you who have, who have made the leap so far. But if you haven't, um, again, you, you can even do a dollar a month just to, to support uh, if you're a student, if you're a coach, you can do that and you still get all the perks uh, that way. But uh, yeah, Patreon is, uh, this is my full-time endeavor on, on Twitter, on YouTube, on my website, on Instagram, the podcast, uh, all over the place, trying to watch, you know, two, three games a day sometimes to, to keep up my knowledge base, to keep studying the game, studying the rules, keep up around the league, so on and so forth. Um, so if you're in a position, again, you know, where you're able to support, uh, uh, I'm just looking to, to build a sustainable, you know, business model where even if it's just a dollar to a month, like I said, if it's uh, hundreds or, or thousand something people doing that, I think we can together get it to a level, you know, where it can be a business model that's that's built on your guys' support and not not hot takes, not not clickbait, um, you know, not things that just get people to fired up so that we can sell ads. And instead, I I want it to really be about good content, unbiased content, no BS content. Um, and you guys help make that happen, uh, by, by joining on Patreon. And again, um, you know, it's, it's really what I need to, to be able to keep doing this and, and to pay the bills. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not trying to do anything grand and, and go out and buy a Ferrari or anything. I'm literally just trying to keep the lights on. And so I, I appreciate any way you can help on Patreon. And if, if for whatever reason you can't do it on there or, or you know, want to do cash app or venmo or anything else you can always dm me on, on twitter and um you know we can certainly figure something out but appreciate you taking the time to listen and uh yeah i i think uh you'll really learn a lot from that too because um you know that that's kind of the way to get my undivided attention uh, you know by the slack channel by uh you know messaging on patreon whatever it is i i promise my, my patrons get uh, a lot more individualized attention than I can afford to give, you know, everybody on Twitter. So, you know, uh, obviously I, I jump around the league. I'm not going to only cover your favorite team. I'm not going to, you know, only do pieces on your favorite players. But, uh, you know, by supporting, like I said, with those private chats, you can choose to, you know, to ask me a couple questions a week about your team or, or send me clips of things you're seeing your team run and if you want to know more about it or why this certain player is not working or what is this guy's skill set what do we have to do better whatever it is um you know or or supporter on patreon that's kind of how you get uh my complete attention so again patreon.com slash scout with brian really appreciate uh your guys support uh other people on twitter certainly some good accounts steve jones uh, was a former NBA video guy too. He's a great follow. Uh, B-Ball Immersion, I think, is the handle. Chris Oliver is a coach uh, who puts out a lot of good uh, in-depth content for coaches. Uh, Nate Jones kind of jumps around the whole league and has you know been been really good uh, to me, and I, I think has a really good feel uh, for the game. So yeah, you know, there's a few accounts here and there. Uh, YouTube always is. Is a, is a good resource. Um, you know, the main thing I'd recommend there is, is watching uh, old games across history. Um, you know, start with, uh, you know, start with the triangle. Start with MJ. You know, most people's 
uh, greatest of all time. Um, you know, the running it with him to the evolution with Kobe and Shaq. And, you know, you, you hear a lot of people uh, today crap on the offense. And obviously it, it didn't work so well uh, in New York. And, you know, Rick Carlisle said the other day, I mean, that it's, uh, yeah, it really died with Phil Jackson because, you know, for whatever reason, I, I think, um, you know, it's certainly an offense that, that doesn't fit as perfectly into into the analytic game today. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, kind of the spread pick and roll style that the game's evolved to has has been a part of why it's, it's not really used anymore. I think Phil uh, not really, you know, developing a great disciple, a great person he kind of passed the offense on to uh, is part of it. Um, but, you know, I, I think that offense obviously has a huge, huge place uh, in basketball history. And, you know, there, there's bits and pieces of it uh, that are run by certainly, you know, Kerr's Warriors, uh, the corner offense, the Rick Adelman stuff, Carlisle's stuff, Popovich's stuff, um, you know, all those coaches that there's foundations of it in the triangle. Um, so, you know, and even just if, you know, you've heard amazing things about MJ, I'm sure you've, you know, if you're older, you've obviously seen him play or seen some of the highlights, but just seriously go on YouTube, watch a whole old Bulls game. It, it was a beautiful offense. I, I can promise you that it's, it's really fun to watch when, when they were really in tune and, and clicking and executing and cutting hard and moving together. Um, and, and really important in the history of the game. So, you know, see how the game evolved with, with hand-checking being disallowed. Uh, you know, the analytical influence, obviously, the new spacing that we have today, kind of the uh, the spot-up long two certainly has been phased out of the game. I, I've staunchly defended the mid-range in a lot of instances, but, yeah, I mean, with, with the absence, uh, or, you know, except for LaMarcus Aldridge and maybe a couple other guys that still, you know, will occasionally spot up, uh, pretty much those spot-up long twos have certainly shifted behind the line, and now you know you, you need at least at least the four, if not the five, also to be spaced behind the three-point line, which is very different from you know my Wizards days with Nene and Gortat, with David West and Hibbert in Indiana, um, you know, with Duncan and Robinson, with 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 all the old uh, you know Randolph and Zebo, sorry Randolph and uh, Gasol, you know all the old. Um, you know, two big traditional basketballs has mostly been been phased out. But but even that, you know, you see in Indiana today, they're playing Sabonis and Turner. Obviously, you know, Sabonis can shoot mid-range, Turner can shoot threes. But, uh, you know, they, they play more uh, traditional style. You know, they're closer to both being fives. Uh, team takes a ton of mid-range as a whole. Um, you know, I did a deep dive on them. Deep dive on the Miami Heat, also on my YouTube channel. So a lot of resources on there. But yeah, you know how the game has evolved over the years. The change of the illegal defense rules. Um, speaking of books, again, the Book of Basketball by Bill Simmons is a great resource to appreciate the the history of the game. Uh, you know, it's a Bible. It's like eight hundred pages or something. I mean, but it's uh, you know, Bill Bill's a, a junkie. Whatever you think of him, I don't. Always agree with some of his his hot takes and his homerism and uh, you know some of the stuff the Ringers put out, but uh, but Bill is uh, you know you can't doubt uh, how hardcore of a fan he is and, and the book of basketball uh, was was amazing amazing work uh, and and there's a lot of good you know besides just the numbers besides Bill's opinions besides 
um, you know, just, just the rankings and getting a feel for the history of the game. Uh, there's a lot of good quotes in there. You know, the, the part of, there's huge parts about chemistry and a, a sit down with, I think, Magic or Isaiah. I haven't read it in a while, but just, you know, talking about like the secret being chemistry, um, you know, which is uh, important stuff and eye-opening stuff and kind of, again, flies in the face of, of all the analytic stuff. You know, there, there's all-time legends basically, you know, telling Bill Simmons and, and they'll tell anybody who will listen. They've, you know, they've told me, they've told uh, anybody, coaches, they've told commentators that, you know, again, it's it's not really nearly as much about the stats as it is about uh how five guys you know play together um the competitiveness the the heart the ubuntu doc rivers um you know basketball uh to me is you know the most most team oriented game um where you know it's it's the least about about stats and the most about you know just contributions to winning which i think don't you know certainly don't show up a ton in in the regular box score and, and even don't show up a ton uh, in a lot of the advanced metrics, but yeah, you know, Showtime Lakers, nothing easy, Jeff Van Gundy Knicks, you know, Russell and Wilt and Kareem and Hakeem and Jerry West and, I mean, you name it, you know, just type in those random, type in guys on YouTube, just watch whatever film you can find, um, you know, just, just, uh, you know, try to appreciate the, the history and, uh, you know, the different eras and different styles and, know that there's a lot more than than one one way to skin a cat there's a lot of different ways to win a lot of different ways to uh, to be successful uh if anybody tells you you know this guy can't win a championship you can't win with him so on and so forth uh, don't believe them people said the same thing all the time about Dirk Nowitzki just you know really good player but wasn't a champion uh until he was uh so you know, people only really have a uh, ability to kind of see in hindsight and and just a tiny bit in front of them. Um, but you know, I I still feel that there's a really good chance. You know, James Harden, you know, wins a championship in his career, and even if he doesn't, uh, it shouldn't define him. You know, because uh, being the the only team, the closest team, uh, you know, to to knocking off maybe the, probably the best team we've ever seen. Uh, you know, in that Western Conference Finals is still an incredible, amazing accomplishment. Nothing wrong with being Stockton and Malone. Nothing wrong with being number two, number three, number four. You know, I know our rings culture. We obviously, uh, you know, will remember the champions in a different light. And, you know, rightfully so to an extent. Um, but, again, that uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, there's not a ton of incredible players who have never won a championship um, you know, that, that, that still can easily be the case, uh, and will continue to be the case, you know, that there's going to be a lot of greats who were phenomenal basketball players, uh, you know, Chris Paul, DeMar DeRozan, who, you know, might not ever win a ring and that's okay. Um, you know, it, it's not, uh, yeah, you could say it's there, there's a fatal flaw or that DeRozan doesn't shoot threes or that, Chris Paul, you know, isn't amazing in the clutch, even though he certainly had a lot of amazing moments. Um, but, you know, a lot of those things are based on uh, very tiny sample sizes and, and in huge part, uh, you know, also dependent on, 
you know, the entirety of the roster, the eighth, ninth, ninth guys on the team, you know, who they run into, uh, who had a good night. I mean, the refs, you know, the, there's a million factors at play in writing those narratives. Um, so, you know, try to try to appreciate just, you know, the game league-wide and, and all the really good players uh, now and, and through the game's history because uh, when you kind of have that binary championship or nothing view, I, I think you lose a lot of the nuance of the game and, and lose a lot of appreciation for for everything that you see. Um, basketball isn't black and white, it's gray. Ryan Saunders, head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, I was lucky enough to be around when he was an assistant coach um, in D.C., uh, first heard that from him. <clears throat> Don't believe any of the absolutes. You know, mid-range is dead. Post-ups are dead. Like I said, can't win with a certain guy. Just because we're playing a certain way now or, you know, a certain uh, thing has worked to this point doesn't mean a player can't come along and, and change things or there can't be a shift back, uh, you know, if an Embiid comes around, if, uh, you know, a dominant mid-range player comes around, you know, if it, and remember the the rules evolve over time too. Uh, I'm a little traditionalist. And- nature of the game today, um, you know, then maybe there will be at some point a, a rule change that, that you know, encourages a, a shift, <clears throat> excuse me, a shift back to to some inside play or, or to a little more physicality, um, you know, so uh, just because it's it's the norm right now and, and obviously the most efficient offenses are are the Rockets, are the Bucks, you know, our teams like that, the, the the Wizards even, you know, that, that shoot a ton of threes. Mavericks have the most efficient offense in NBA history right now. Um, you know, remember that to an extent, uh, you know, those specific teams at least have, have not had that next level of playoff success. Um, you know, my, my personal theory, again, is, is because, uh, you know, they do to some extent, um, you know, not prioritize the mid-range or, or not have – guys who also thrive, uh, you know, on that third level of scoring. So, you know, again, I'm not going to say they'll never win it because uh, I, I get the way Daryl Morey constructs his team. I get the way they play. I'm, I'm not I'm going to, you know, do what I just suggested you guys do and never say never. Um, but, you know, there's, a, there's certainly an argument um, that they haven't figured it out all out either, you know, that the you know, you look at who actually ends up winning, uh, you know, the championships. It's, it's you know, Golden State obviously did it with, with Steph and Clay taking a lot of threes. But I, I think they needed, uh, you know, KD last season for sure. Um, you know, a couple of those series that they certainly needed him. Um, you know, Kawhi, the way he played, obviously. Kobe, the way he played. I mean, you know, there's uh, – you certainly need a guy, I, I think, who can – who can get you a forty-five percent shot when your when your thirty-five percent threes aren't falling? Um, so, again, just because you know we're going a certain way now doesn't mean we can't shift back, or uh, you know change to some extent. And remember, many of the players that we love today, um, or at least guys that that played valuable roles on on playoff teams at some point, 
you know, Nene, J.J. Berea, Evan Turner, Marcus All, Lou Williams, Chris Middleton, even Kevin Durant. At some point, at one point or another in their careers, those guys were told that they were inefficient or they took too many long twos or they posted up too much. I'd say most of them knew what they were doing, you know. So, yeah, you might not remember that, but Kevin Durant, after his rookie season, the plus-minus guys were killing him. Lou Williams, I mean, how many, I've talked about this, how many times in his career have people said he's just empty numbers off the bench, he's just a volume shooter, not efficient, same thing, the ridiculous nonsense they say about Jamal Crawford, unbelievably talented scorer, maybe the best six man in history, you know, Chris Middleton was was considered a poor man's KD, a guy that, again, took too much mid-range, well, you know, he proved he can make threes too, but he also still has a lot of good mid-range to his game, which is an asset for Milwaukee and really helps them. Um, you know, so there, there's different uh, different styles throughout the league, a lot of different ways to score and be successful. But again, remember, you, you look cr- across the, the best scorers in the league, the leading scorers, the guys that are the best or second best players in the league on their teams, excuse me. Um, you know, remember, a lot of those guys can do it from all three levels, from from threes, from the rim, um, and also from the mid-range. Respect players. Respect their outlook on the game. Uh, Respect how they feel, how they play off of feel, and they don't always derive uh, tremendous value from the analytics. Uh, You know, that doesn't mean organizations, coaches as a whole can't still use them, uh, you know, to inform the construction of, of their offense and their defense, but you know, remember, this game at its core is the most gifted athletes in the world playing at an unbelievably fast-paced whirlwind speed, having to process an obscene amount of information to remember not only all the plays they run and all the plays their coaches will draw up during a game and all the adjustments for a certain game, but also the tendencies of their opponent, the plays their opponents run, you know, the, the the ways that their opponents change over the course of a game. Players can't really factor in real-time analytics. They, they know the basic drill, you know, get to the rim, shoot open threes. But again, the elite players are three-level scorers who, you know, when they're defended well and not able to get all the way to the rim, you know, they know how to still get to their money spots in the mid-range uh, and score anyway, uh, you know, except for, you know, the the... The uh, exceptions to the rule, like like Harden, like Luca, you know, who ha- have mastered even, uh, sh- you know, getting their shot off whenever they want from three, with a sidestep, with a step back, um, you know, they've certainly revolutionized the game to an extent, the same way Steph did by by shooting forty footers. Harden has by, you know, having this generation skyhook, really an unguardable shot, unblockable shot um, from three. You know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, j- just remember that, uh, you know, there, there's a whole lot going on, but 99% of, of the players that are actually out on the court are playing the game that they've played their whole lives. They'll be put, again, in a general structure to conducive to shooting a lot of threes if you're a smart team, conducive to driving to the rim uh, defensively, trying to force long twos. Again, everybody knows the drill. Everybody knows the the basics of the analytics. Uh, 
you know, execution of it can be a different matter. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's largely guys playing off instinct and feel and the cream of the crop rising to the top, the best players, the best teams, you know, the Lakers, how bad they were last year, add a second superstar, and voila, you know, all the guys that Palinka uh, messed up on and, and reserves that weren't good enough and so on and so forth, well, now they are good enough. And certainly he did a better job and upgraded that area too, but, uh, you know, <laughs> having one superstar and going to two is is a, is a big jump. That's... Uh, some simple analytics for you. Sometimes it's it's not about something super complicated. Sometimes guys like LeBron just need a second superstar alongside them. Um, so when it comes to basketball IQ, remember, you know, when you watch the best players in the league, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that, that stands out about them is is their IQ, their feel for the game. That is a huge differentiator. Uh, it's a differentiator between a ton of the guys that have kind of, uh, you know, been busts or kind of phased out of the game or or never made it uh, from college or even to college. Um, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of amazing basketball players on the streets, overseas, in the G League, wherever it is. Um, a whole bunch of freak athletes, uh, you know, guys that you just hear stories about. And, and you know, if you talk to anybody in the NBA – a lot of times they'll say the differentiator is, you know, in addition to work ethic and, uh, you know, certainly some luck and, and guys will, will always credit different things. But IQ is just a huge, huge driver. Um, and what I kind of mean by that, too, is, you know, you watch guys like Harden and watch guys like Luka and LeBron. I mean, there have probably been, you know, each season they might go against 60 different game plans, meaning that. You know, a team might try something against them, a certain doubling of Harden or a certain half-court trap or whatever it is, and maybe it'll fool Harden and, and mess him up for a couple games, and maybe he'll struggle for two, three games. And so teams will start to copy that, and maybe it'll go three, four, or five games. But in all likelihood, honestly, a guy like him, he figures it out quickly. He'll figure it out after a game or two. So you know what? Even if something worked for a couple teams and maybe worked for a two, three-game stretch, by then Harden will figure it out like he did against Utah, say, in last year's playoffs. And after two, three games, they maybe might not be able to do the same thing anymore. So, you know, Luka, Harden, all those guys, the pick-and-roll players, they'll see hedges, they'll see traps, they'll see unders, they'll see switches, they'll see zone-ups, they'll see ices, they'll see push-middles. They'll see everything. The best players have a counter to everything. They have a solution to everything. They don't predetermine anything. They read. They react. They play the game. And they play the game the right way. You know, they just make the right play. And if you don't understand that, then you're probably somebody who doesn't really understand, you know, how Harden plays or, or why he's so great, for example. Um, because, truthfully, if you do watch him, you do see that, when he gets doubled, you know, he passes the ball. When there's something open in the pick and roll, he finds it. He sees just about every pass. He makes every cross-court skip. He'll hit ahead if there's two guys with him in the backcourt. You know, he plays the game the right way, and you hear coaches will constantly talk about that, players will constantly talk about that. 
And that's why it's honestly infuriating how many people on Twitter, you know, just just shit on him. I mean, you could say, sure, you don't love watching him. That's okay. I don't really get it, but it's okay. You could say he travels. He does once every blue moon, but if you think he does consistently, you're wrong by the letter of the law. If you think the league should alter the travel rules or change the language, you can make an argument. But by and large, again, one of the all-time greatest scorers, not the all-time greatest scorer, but certainly one of the most efficient players ever, one of the most unique players ever, one of the best combo passer shooters ever, you know, big-time winner, even if it's not a championship. Play. Play the game. Take lessons if you need. I'm on Coach Up. I could give you a lesson if you're in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm a five-star rated coach on the app. Coach Up. I, I train clients from four to f- 50. If you love basketball, even if you didn't play at a super competitive level, you can always, seriously, if you haven't heard of that, it's it's the Uber for basketball coaches. You can find a coach near you in, in five minutes. It's never too late to, to learn how to get a little better, to play the game, to improve your skill set. But play. You know, if if you're a kid, if you're young enough and, and fortunate enough to, to have your health and, and be able to get out there and run, you know, go to a gym and play pickup. I, I would hope, you know, I, I'm, I wasn't a college player or anything myself, so I'm never going to knock people and say that you don't know the game because you weren't an NBA player or weren't a college player or any of those things. Doesn't mean, though, that you can't, like me, <laughs> you know, still go to LA Fitness and have a whole bunch of fun playing pickup. And, and you know, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, if you played with me, you would see the IQ I have for the game and the feel I have for the game. And, and it's a beautiful, awesome, fun game. And I, I tell people that, there's nothing like the chemistry and the connection that I'll have from playing with four complete strangers if I'm playing with guys who are smart and play the right way and move and cut and shoot and pass. It's such a fun game. Seriously. Go out and try it. <laughs> Start with the fundamentals. A big part of my reading, you know, when I was starting off in basketball, talk about some more books. Old books by Tex Winter, Dean Smith. Pioneers of Offense and Defense. Uh, Del Harris has a great book on defense. Read all the clinic notes you can get your hands on. Go to coaching clinics. Coaching You, Kevin Eastman's one, I think is is still around. I went to see that in Orlando. I saw Eric Spolster, Doc Rivers, Stan Van Gundy, uh, Mike Dunlap. I mean, you name it. You know, college coaches, NBA coaches, everybody was there. And the amazing thing is, you see, <clears throat> while Doc's talking, while Spo- Spo's talking, Doc and Carlisle and Spo and all those guys are there taking notes because success leaves fo- excuse me success leaves footprints. There's a lot of great basketball minds, and they all steal from each other. What's the the artist line? Good artists. Crap, I'm going to botch it completely because I just brain farted and forgot it. Good artists borrow, great artists steal. I don't know, something like that. Whatever, whatever it is, I'll look up the line after. But yes, it's a copycat league. There's really no secrets. 
coaches talk to each other. They learn from each other. If you see a play work five times for a certain team, you're probably then going to see half the teams in the league start copying it. So there's a lot of great material out there. A lot of clinic notes all over the place. I have binders and binders full of it. Find some of that stuff. Google it. Check it out. If you join Patreon, you might be able to ask me for some of it. I coach a 7th grade select team locally. Um, When I find myself needing drills, you know what's a great resource? The Junior NBA has a YouTube playlist that has like 300 youth fundamental drills and skills and, and things to work on. And a lot of the videos are narrated by legends like Grant Hill and Isaiah Thomas and Terry Stotts and Sue Bird and uh, Jim Boylan and, you know, all these great basketball minds. Go check that out. It's it's awesome. It's uh, You'll learn something. You'll Every time I watch, I pick up on some little nuance of, uh, you know, Shane Battier or, or Reggie Miller coming off pin downs or... Isaiah Thomas talking about ball pounds, um, you know, people talking about the art and, and technique of screening, you know, every time I watch, like I said, there'll be some little intricacy that I just had never thought of um, that I'll watch those and just pick up on. Finally, when you watch the games, <clears throat> watch a lot more than just the basketball. Watch body language. Watch coaches. You learn a lot from their reactions. That's something I'm really big on. You know, if you see, even I, you know, I think I'd like to think at least I have a really good feel for the game. And I can generally tell you 95% of the time who messed up on a defensive scheme or or what went wrong. You know, if, if a team has an egregious uh, breakdown. But sometimes I don't. You know, sometimes it's unclear. Maybe... Two guys thought they were doing something, and three guys thought they were doing something else. So a lot of times I'll, I'll turn and I'll run it back and watch the coach. And you can then see, you know, who do they take out of the game? Who do they turn to the bench and yell at? You know, you learn from things like that. Or sometimes, if they don't even react at all, you might learn that the team is doing things the right way. You know, even if it doesn't look good to you and, and a team gives up a wide-open shot... Sometimes you'll hear say, oh, what happened to the defense here? Sometimes it could be a situation where, you know, that they tried something, they executed their game plan, and it just didn't work, and maybe, you know, maybe that was the guy they wanted to shoot the ball. Whatever it is, though, like I said, you learn a lot. Watch interactions with refs. Understand the rules. Read a rule book. It's online. Watch the videos the refs make. They make them public about the points of emphasis. Those are really helpful, so you're not yelling travel 99% of the time when it's not. Study the game inside and out. Understand how it's officiated, but also understand that how it's officiated does not match to a T every single word in the rule book. There are some things that are kind of just the way it's refed, kind of like a handshake rule, kind of like just feel for the game. You know, it's like when you hear Ronnie Nunn talk about what's a travel, he'll give you some analogy about tap dancing and jazz and, and, you know, and you kind of look at him nutty, but then you understand that what he's really talking about is 
you know, it's not always, it's not robotic. It's not, you know, you can't have a computer watch the feed and say how many steps, you know, there's interpretation to when exactly the gather occurs. You know, there, there's, there's a framework and there's guidelines, but a lot of the game is, is also crafted and shaped by how the refs choose to officiate it, what they choose to call, what, what they'll allow you to do on a screen, what kind of contact you're allowed to get away with, what kind of calls they'll, they'll make up. Makeup calls are absolutely a thing. You know, calls where you don't call a foul, but then the ball goes out of bounds, and then you try to let that team keep the ball, even if you didn't call a foul. It was great up until now we review everything. Just made that a little harder. But a big part of understanding the game is understanding that part as well. Lastly, most of what really goes on is away from the basketball. Don't just watch the basketball game. Watch the help side defenders. Watch the actions offensively. You begin to see, you know, the patterns of it, the plays that are being run across the league, the defensive concepts, the rotations. So many things are about two-nining and being in the right help spots defensively and being in plugs and gaps and having a rim protector in. And being the most important guy, being the low man in on the pick and roll, pulling in on the weak side. All those things, and if you don't know half of what I'm talking about, watch my videos. I reference them, I diagram them, I show you what happens. 90% of what happens is away from the actual basketball. Don't just stare at the ball. Anyway, this has been the Basketball IQ Podcast. I hope you learned something. I hope it gave you maybe... Some food for thought, some things to study, some books to read, things to check out. Hope you enjoyed it. If I missed anything, tweet it at me. Let me know if you got any great resources for coaches. I'm happy to plug them. I know there's lots of good resources out there that I didn't even mention. You know, again, just because I'm flying off the top of my head. But, you know, I appreciate all the coaches out there that are putting out resources. Um, Again, Many of you who've sent me great stuff and who do great stuff. So thank you. Thank you again to my patrons. Like I said, patreon.com slash scatwithbrian. YouTube, the podcast, nothing, none of the ad revenue from any of those is more than a couple dollars here and there. But again, I'm trying to do this. I have been doing this full time about 16 months now. I'm making an income. Not a livable income yet, but as more and more of you slowly but surely jump on Patreon again for even a dollar or two a month, I really, really appreciate you guys helping me move this towards what I think it can be, which is, again, smart, intelligent, truthful basketball analysis funded not by a big media conglomerate, not by some clickbait factory, but by you guys, by smart basketball fans, by coaches by players, by people who appreciate good content. So I really appreciate you. And like I said, I promise there's something in there for you as well because there's tons of bonus content, tons of videos, tons of chats. So I really think we can make this work, and I appreciate you guys checking out Patreon. Check out my latest YouTube videos. I did Kobe's last game, 15 minutes on the first and the second half. 30 minutes total. Check that out to learn 
why he wasn't inefficient, why he was just an absolute killer on the court. I'll dive into some of the older generation Kobe, the older championship games, and some of the other games that he's criticized for being inefficient or a chucker in, and see where I agree and where I disagree. Stay tuned for those videos. But yeah, check out what made Luka Doncic even better. Watch a game through Patrick Beverly's eyes defensively. What makes Russ so good, CP3. Brandon Ingram's leap. Wiggins' resurgence. Basically, if there's a storyline in basketball this season, I've probably covered it on YouTube. So again, check out Scout Brian YouTube channel. Thank you again, everybody, for your support. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Check out all the older episodes. Thumb up. Not thumb up. What do they call it on podcast? Subscribe. <laughs> Leave us a review. Appreciate you guys listening and your support. And talk to you all soon.